0: By two. Veronica, Nick you.
1: must remember those words.
0: Gordons are
1: Hi guys, so this is a little bit of a uh, an interlude, if you will, a bonus episode for Stories Out of Time and Space. Um, I had the opportunity, the favourable opportunity, a couple of years ago, whilst working on 20th Century Geek, to interview um, Ed Gale, the, the actor and stuntman that um, is in the suit of Howard the Duck. Uh, he was also uh, Chucky in a couple of the uh, the Child's Play films in the first two. And also is one of the station aliens from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Uh, and so I have this interview. Uh, it's a couple of years old, the audio is not fantastic, but it's great to learn some behind the scenes. He goes into information about uh, what it was like to wear the suit, how it was that he was able to see, how they rehearsed and sort of several other things. So as a bonus follow-up to our Howard the Duck uh, episode. Please enjoy my interview with Ed Gale. Okay, so I know you're a busy man, so we'll get stuck straight in. So I'll just, first off, thanks. Thank you very much for taking the time out to uh, to speak to me. Um,
2: oh, thank you for remembering me.
1: <laughs> it's all right. Um, so I read your bio, actually. I, I knew... I was doing the research on Howard the Duck to start off with, um, and I started sort of like you know built from there when I started to learn about you. But the thing I learned is you left school well two years after you left school. You you went to California to become an actor. Um, so can you tell t- tell me about that? Had you had you been doing acting at school, or was it just something you always wanted to do?
2: No, it's something I'd always wanted to do, and. I think every, about eight years of age, I said, I'm going to California to become an actor. And, you know, I mean, people say, okay, that's cool. Not that they, you know, that it wasn't negative. They weren't, you know, ill supporting me, but they weren't supporting me, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, they would nod and agree, and that was it, really.
2: Right, well, patch on the head, that's nice. Yes, yeah. You know, after college, you know. Yeah. And, um,. I met a friend of a friend who would drive um, RVs, motorhomes, across the country to be delivered. Because unlike cars, you don't haul 20 at a time, you know. Yeah, yeah. A- and he, he he told me, he said, I, I heard you wanting to go to California. He says, I go once or twice a month, and I'd be more than happy to give you a ride out there.
1: Good, good so to have good friends.
2: It. Sorry.
1: Good to have friends, you know, in the uh, in news. In, in
2: it was a uh, being at the, just just like I said. I my quote that being a success in Hollywood is um one percent looks, two percent talent, and ninety seven percent luck. Yeah. And um, I happened to be at the right place at the right time. And same as when I got my very first audition, I'd done no acting at all. And then two years later, I got my—I got a an audition call again, right place, right time.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you have an agent then? At this point?
2: Oh no! No. If you have, if you've never, you know, worked in the business, you you're hard pressed to get an agent.
1: <laughs> it's a little they bit. It's a bit like over it, here, There's um, we do things like, you know, job placements and stuff, and then it's sort of, um, you can't get a job placement without experience, but you can't get experience without a job placement. You can get caught in quite a vicious cycle.
2: Right. Um, we, over here, we call it Catch-22. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you can't get an agent unless you were you know famous and if you're famous you don't need an agent yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i managed to um i had a friend who she said she she said "quote unquote" that she was my manager and right. all and actu- all actuality she was but she wasn't my theatrical manager she was my manager at work okay and so she didn't lie yeah yeah. and once she did, took the call because i freaked but i handed her the phone i handed her the phone i go they want me for an audition at universal studios uh, and i handed her the phone and then she hung up the phone and went to the library you know we didn't have a, the internet and all of mm-hmm. that so she ran to the library got as many books managing an agent and acting and she was learning right along as I was learning to be an actor she was learning to be a manager
1: Wow getting thrown in the deep end
2: so like um, like everything in Hollywood it was fake (laughs) yeah
1: yeah yeah that's it fake it till you make it
2: exactly
1: so that, that first role in that first audition at Universal, so that was Howard the Duck, was it?
2: Yes, my, I tell everybody that Howard was my very first anything. It was my first audition, my first rejection, <laughs> my first callback, and then of course my first job, my yeah. first acting role. So I, I did it all in just a couple of months. I was auditioned, I was screen tested, I was rejected... I was called back. I was reconsidered, um, rejected again, and you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. And even, eventually landed the role.
1: Out of curiosity, like, So, how did the screen test work? Considering that you'd have been in, you were in a, uh, a suit, like the duck suit for the film. No, they didn't even
2: begin making the suit until after they cast, yeah, because yeah. they couldn't. So they just wanted to know how physical I was and I could be. Yeah. And so they were they were auditioning all, like all all auditions are what I call flavored or themed. They're all, you know, white people or black people or Latin yeah. or tall or short or male or female or Asian. You know, they and you can speak with a, a dialect you know, or you look like Harry Potter, you know, whatever. Yeah. Everybody, you know, so so everybody in the room is the same. When you think you're one of a kind, trust me, you're <laughs> not.
1: That's it. No one's, no one's a unique snowflake.
2: Not until you get, I mean, you are until you get to Hollywood and they say, we're looking for somebody over six feet six. Yeah. And you think, wow. You know, there's only two of us, (laughs) and you get there, and and there's 400. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so. Anyway, we did the, um, you know, I could run, I could jump, I could tumble. You know, I could do the trampoline, you know, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. I also have to understand, I was 22 at that time. Yeah. 21-ish. 21, when I did all those auditioning. And they said they were looking for someone um, two foot ten I apologize for your audience I don't know metrics so maybe you can interject
1: no I'm, um, I'm old enough to know exactly yeah I work in the same
2: okay <laughs> um, they were looking from two feet 10 inches tall yeah. to three feet three feet tall and of course I'm three foot four so they they, they said I was they loved me I did great. I'm gonna go far, you know. Blah blah blah. You you know you're a star, but you're not right for us. You're too tall. And wow, of all the times to ever be rejected, <laughs> yeah, for being for being too tall. Today is not the day. Yeah, yeah, You know, and so I just went home and you know, game over. Yeah, yeah. Now I gotta fig. Now I gotta figure out how to do this acting stuff and again no one knows me so i'm still i'm not gonna get an agent because i auditioned you know that
0: nothing Mm -hmm.
2: then they called me back and they said they 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 moved the height to three foot to three foot two and i said but i'm three foot four and they said that's fine just come on in (laughs) okay that was great nope you're too tall (laughs) <laughs> and then they would—they wondered if I would be if I would consider being a stunt double, and or an understudy. Yeah. If, if the person couldn't do that. Hmm. So of course I'm brand new. I go, yeah, I'll do anything.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't. Even, I don't even know what a stunt duck would do. Yeah. I. I don't know what an understudy is. I've never done theater, and you know, so I took the role, and they hired a. I believe, a 12-year-old boy who was probably my size, maybe an inch shorter. Mm -hmm. And being 12 years old, he could only work, I believe, four hours a day at that time. This is 1985.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I believe he could only work four hours, one hour of which had to be um, meal time, and one hour had to be, two hours had to be school. Wow. So he only got him for an, so he only got him for an hour anyway yeah and there could be no fire around him no explosions you couldn't he couldn't be off the ground more than one or two feet I mean it's a very
1: some serious limitations film. on filming then
2: yes because there's been so many accidents injuring mm-hmm. children and things and um, you know eventually it was becoming cost prohibitive. And the editors said they can't match, you know, him and I. We walk very differently. And if you're familiar with little people, there's really no two alike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get someone your size and you could fit their clothing. Of course, yeah. Um, But in my world, you wouldn't get
1: any two alike. Right, okay.
2: And so the editor was having a hard time. Because he walked like a 12-year-old. And I walked like a 20-year-old, 2-year-old, yes. 22-year-old. Yeah. And I held a cigar like a man. He held it like a bumbling kid trying to...
1: Pretend smoke to be a man. For the,
2: you know, smoking for the first time yeah. out, behind the, out behind the barn, you know. <laughs> and I smoked, you know, back then, a pack a day. I haven't smoked in over 10 years, but... You but, know, so a lot of the stuff came easy and came natural. Yeah slapping a girl on the butt saying hey chick what's (laughs) up you know and a little boy is like why would i want to do that and where's this motivation yeah and you know acting you have to draw motivation from the past
1: yeah yeah from your experience isn't it yeah
2: and eventually i took over the role and we we shot everything plus kept shooting the the current stuff and a 10-week shoot schedule turned into 10 months Whoa! Yeah. So that kind of worked out for me. Yeah, yeah. It keeps <laughs> you doing a job. I, I bought a house. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So was it was it a good set then to be on? I mean, as a first timer, you know, did you were you able to learn a lot? Were they willing to you know support you through it, or was it like in the deep end and you had to sink or swim?
2: Oh, it was deep end. Right. They didn't walk, they didn't hold my hand at all. And, um, I, I mean, some of them did, of course. Actually, the people at at Lucasfilm who made the costume helped me a lot. And Tim Rose did the voice for the filming. Then Chip Zion did the, the professional voiceover, you know. Mm. But Tim was very much, you know, helped me and... A, a few other people, and um, to and Leah Thompson was a, a total doll. She helped me a lot. Yeah, Jeffrey Jeffrey Jones was a a tremendous help, and in fact, he came to my home for Thanksgiving that year because nobody, you know, no sense in going home for the holidays. No, no. You have to work when you have to work the day before and the day after. Yeah, yeah. So we worked. I mean, it was a grueling schedule. You know, holidays were one day off barely.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, you know, most of the times people fly out of the country or out of the state, you know, for holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actors don't, you know, when they when they you, you take work when you can get it.
1: So it says it was a good, you know. I say you threw in the deep end, but you cast and you know, it seemed to be. Close enough. They were supporting you through it. There's quite a lot of special effects and some real stunts in the film. So is it is it you involved in all those stunts then? Like on the, uh, there's, you, is it, there's Tim Robbins and that on the um, uh, glider plane and like you say, there's a lot of tumbling right. around um, and stuff. So
2: I did not ninety percent. I did. Whenever you saw the plane in its a hundred percent, the whole plane flying. In the distance, it was not me. Right. I was too scared. They took me up one time, and I said, "Hell no, no, <laughs> no, no." And anytime you saw Tim and Howard conversing close up, you couldn't see the entire plane. Mm-hmm. It was it was hooked to a rig, and we were on the ground, of course. Mm. And I, the um. Probably the the most dangerous thing I did on the plane would be when they landed on the back of the, the big rig truck.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: And that's and I was on a crane, so they you know could hit land on the truck. You know, it yeah. just there's no room for error.
1: Yes. Yeah. Of course.
2: And um, I had a few stunt doubles: uh, Debbie Carrington, Marguerite Fernandez. And, um, oh, God, I forgot his name. I just had it on my tongue. And they did a lot of the stunts
1: for me. Right, okay. So, one question, regarding the stunts, and I'll tell the people, you know, the other stunt doubles, uh, I've got the film on Blu-ray, and it, it, you know, it it polishes up really well in that. What was the visibility like in the suit?
2: Um, basically zero. Yeah uh the eyes would fog up just like your glasses right. do you know in a steam room and um the only time i could see is if the mouth was open uh, okay and so the mouth was closed a lot because it wouldn't make sense for his mm. mouth to be hanging hanging open so i came up with a way to rehearse backwards I would count my steps backwards and then do it forward. And it's to be able to hit my mark. Yeah. And everybody has an ability that they were born with. And people are like, how do you do that? And you don't know. You just always knew whether it was electronics or car engines. You know, there's just people who were born with, or you know, autistic who can draw, who can
0: paint. Yeah mine was I always had
2: um, a third eye I always knew I always had a grip on my surroundings and so they would say I need you to hit this mark right here and they would open the mouth I would look and see his foot on the ground and you know you call action and I could basically hit that mark well wow. I just, I always had an idea of what was going on around me now you change that scenario and then there's going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. and they would ch- and they would change that scenario all the time. Right after rehearsal, we'd go to, you know, sit down and rest because it's they could never take me out of the suit during the day. So I was in that suit up to seventeen hours a day.
1: Jeez, seventeen hours
2: and up to yeah, you know, a lot of a lot, lot of mostly ten twelve hour days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but we've done some seventeens, and um, so you know I go. Sit back in a in a chair, and of course I couldn't sit in a conventional chair because I had the duck butt.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: So they had to fabricate a leaning board that I could lean up against with a hole in the back, (laughs) so I didn't crush the butt because the the computer, the brains were in the butt.
1: All right, right, the animatronics. And and then the
2: the cables ran up the back to the motors in the. Eyes, eyelids, eyebrows, mm-hmm. mouth, lips. You know, I had I had, like seven, I had 19 different motors in my head. So that's a lot of puppeteers. Yeah, yeah. And then after we did all the rehearsing, you know, the camera people would say everything is fine, but we need to move this table. And there's a shadow. Right. No problem. No problem. They moved the table. They don't tell the actors because the actors have eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they see see it. I don't. No. So on action, I run into the table. (laughs) And they're like, didn't you see the table? I said, no. Are you new? We've been doing this for weeks. I can't see. Mm. And I've done where, and they look like jokes. You know, I walk over and I go to sit down on the chair and the chair is not there. And I'd fall down. It looked like a Jerry Lewis movie. Yeah. (laughs) So another reason why it took so long to do the film was the reshooting and and the the takes and the retakes. And, you know, it was just quite... It was an undertaking. You know, quite an undertaking that you almost think they bit off more than they could chew. Well,
1: that's what I was going to say, actually. It seems, you know, for the time, for the technology and everything available... At the time, it it seems ambitious to have a full, like almost I like, would say, a full bodysuit with a working face and everything. Well, it's, it, uh... it, it's like George
2: Lucas; the technology doesn't exist, and he builds it.
1: Oh, ex- yeah, totally, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, there was no like Star Wars. I need a a way to make you know whatever a person disappear and reappear. Yeah. Well, we don't have that technology. Well, he says, build it.
1: Yeah, well, I can imagine uh, that, that the um, like the Ewok suits are probably sort of like a precursor to the Howard the Duck suit. You know, it's an evolution. And that's probably the starting point. And it's built up from there. So,
2: I think that the, the the where they got lucky is the heads came off very easy. Yeah, and they didn't have a lot of facial, you know, contortions. It was more of a muppet. You know, yeah. what I mean, they didn't have to. They didn't have to be so specific, and um, E.T. the same way. R. Two D. R. Two D. Two. You didn't end C. Three P. O. Horrible costumes to wear, beautiful costumes to watch.
1: Yes. Yes, I can imagine. But
2: no, no facial. how mm. well, Howard the Duck had to look as close to human as as possible, so I had all, like I said, all of the puppeteers. Yeah. Puppeteers to operate my eyes. And then when you break the eyes down, there's eyeballs, eyelids, eyebrows.
1: It really is a feat. I mean, technologically, it's amazing.
2: Yes, yes. Just, I mean, look at the human face one day and pick out a show, especially a talk show where it's easier, or, the, or a monologue. Yeah. And, and, and just look how many muscles are in the human face that move. And it also all has to be coordinated at the same time. Yeah. You know, if if there's a, an explosion and the person, you know, I, it's hard to explain on a radio show, but if you have to gasp in surprise, you know, you have to stop, inhale, eyes wide open, shoulders go up. So I have to work. I have to know what the puppeteers are doing, and they have to guess what I'm going to do. And we have to do it all at the same time, that's and what I, so there, yeah, there's that, your retakes and well, retakes.
1: Well, that's what I was just thinking. I mean, having watched the film recently, it's sort of you—you—you you, you have to have worked as a... Re- I mean, did, did you get on well with the puppeteers? and get to know them because you must have worked as a team to be able to, like you say, to synchronize that. That you know, they're puppeteering the suit with you reacting in it to get the physicality and stuff.
2: Uh, there's an uncanny, you know, connection with Tim Rose and I. I wish you could talk with him. He's over there with you. He's on the other side of the pond.
1: I might, may, may um, re- yeah, I know if you, I'll tell you, if you, if you let him know, I'm, I'll definitely reach out to him. It'd be amazing to speak to him.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll try to email him. He's, he reached out to me at an autograph convention over there and then somebody on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the world is so much smaller now. It is. And, um, but it was it was again one of those uncanny events where if I was standing there by myself doing nothing, there was always a camera on me twenty four seven so the puppets the puppeteers could see make sure nothing rips you know nothing goes bad yeah. they're constantly testing the motors an airplane flies over and my my whole face goes out of control. Uh. Uh, a walkie-talkie nearby and the radio signals. Know, my eyes twitch yeah but I could be I could be sitting there talking to somebody just offset uh-huh. and as I, and, and Tim has no idea what's going on but he's doing my voice he's doing the voice and he's matching what I'm doing just automatically
1: it becomes that sort of yeah the synchronicity it becomes automatic.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, husband and wives, they finish yeah. their own sentences. Yeah, yeah. And he did. He would, He would, or I would, you know, um, I would be walking to the set, and maybe I'd trip, and he would say, shit, what was that? Uh, move <laughs> that, you, you know, and I would like, then I would, once he said that, I would point toward it.
1: Yeah. He said, that, move, you know, get it out of
2: here. All You know, we just became one, and it was scary.
1: Amazing. I mean, it sounds like a good. I mean, considering this, you know, it was your first uh, on set experience, so it sounds like it went really well. Because obviously you you carried on. It didn't, you know, it it didn't kill your interest in it at all. Um, Because if I wanted to quickly move on then to, you know, you were in the Howard the the Duck suit between 10 17 hours a day. Moving on to another film where you were in a suit. In fact, two films I want to mention. You're also one of my favourite horror characters. You're Chucky. Ah,
2: that was my third film. Yeah. We 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 sandwiched Spaceballs in the middle with Mel Brooks. And then we did um Child's Play with Tom Holland.
1: Yeah. So how did you get involved with that?
2: Um Ironically it's a small business mm. and um it seems like a big business but you know there's hundreds of thousands of Actors out there trying, and there's only, you know, twenty five actually working. Yeah. And I was was blessed to be an outsider at first, and um, the first assistant director went from Howard the Duck* to *Spaceballs*, and he introduced me to Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. And um, I got, and Mel hired me on the spot. And I didn't even know what yeah, what the hell was going on. And you know, Danny introduced me to him and and Danny is six foot six or seven a Swedish guy. Yeah. And here I am, three foot four and Mel was like, How the hell did you meet? (laughs) And he said, Oh, he you know, my my last movie, Howard the Duck. Um he played Howard. And Mel Brooks said, oh, my God, anybody who can do that fucking movie can be in my movie any day.
0: <laughs>
2: well, welcome aboard. And I go, your movie? What movie? You know, in, in my head. Yeah. I'm like, what What movie are you doing? What? what why? It, hello? I just came here to go to lunch with Danny, you know. And then I believe they went on, and then the, the unit producer of Howard, and Spaceballs went on to do Child's Play. And I, um, and people had recommended me to Tom Holland, and they said that, you know, I, I did Howard the Duck. And Tom Holland looked at it at a technical aspect, who didn't care about the box office, didn't care about anything like the politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, he's like, that's a physical job he did a physical demanding job and a costume i want him
1: so and you're getting the reputation then you get a reputation for being able to do the, to do the grueling work then
2: right so i was the yeah i was the one that you could throw around and i could do the stunts you, you wouldn't have to i was over 18 you didn't i didn't have to have my mommy there yeah i didn't have to have a school teacher I didn't have to have a guardian. I didn't have to have a stunt double, which how was hard to find me. How would you find another one,
0: yeah. <laughs> you
2: know, to do my doubling? And it was bad enough that um, Chucky was, you know, 30% smaller than me. Yeah. So we, we had to play a lot with that problem, you know.
1: So, what were the key stunts? Because you did the stunts and things. So, what were the key things in Child's Play then? What stands out to you as the key scenes or the key stunts you did for that film?
2: Um, the full body burn in the fireplace.
1: Ah, uh, yes.
2: Um, the full body burn across the living room. Uh, the full body burn over the sofa. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, the puppet couldn't walk. So, anytime you see Chucky full body. Yeah. It was more mostly me, walking, jumping, running, falling. Right. I walked out of the uh, I walked out of the elevator. I walked into the I walked into the insane asylum. Opened the the boy's door, walked in his room, jumped up on his bed, and pulled the covers back, and he was gone.
1: Right. Okay. So is that you? You know, at the Uh, end, you say about the burn. So you know the um, the fully burnt Chucky at the end. Is that you as well?
2: Most of the time, but you also have to remember, I'm never, I'm never near any humans.
1: Right. Okay. To, to keep the because
2: I am if you watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um. Chucky would come up to the little boy's waist.
1: Yeah.
2: And Gale is exactly the same height as the little boy. Right. Okay. That's not gonna work, and he sure couldn't carry my fat butt. You know, <laughs>
1: yeah. being. Being the same height, yeah, yeah, and it would constantly change. You
2: know, Chucky would be getting taller, shorter, taller, shorter. Yeah. So yeah. what they did, Tom Holland devised a way to make duplicate sets, and they would make the kitchen for the family, mm-hmm. and they would make the, they would make the kitchen for me thirty three percent bigger. So you know, the average kitchen counter comes up to your waist. If you were in my set, it would come up to your neck.
1: Right, oh, okay. So they made like a, a, a scale, like a scaled size of it, then. Oops, oops, it so yes, then. and upscaling it.
2: Yes, it all had to be proportioned.
1: Okay. So were you ever on set with um, like the cast, and I mean, obviously you were there when they were burning, and you know that sort of thing. So, um, cause I, I what, remember, Was I ever one? Sorry, say again. Were you ever on set then with the with you know with the cast? Um, the I forget his name now. That the lad who plays. Oh Andy yes, Barton. I watched.
2: I was on. I was on set every day. Right. Because I had to watch, I had to watch what the, the puppet was doing, and what the kids were doing, and what the adults were saying. Yeah. You know, so I had, I knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't just, you know, go in there one day and shoot all those scenes. No, I had to shoot. I shoot right along everybody else, and also when they wanted the puppet to do something, very exacting and very specific a lot of times the puppet couldn't do it right and tom is tom is running into a budgetary problem and we you know we're running out of time and he said just screw this get ed put him in the suit shoot it 2 seconds we're done yes and that's like putting putting the key in a keyhole yeah that's like a monkey screwing a football <laughs> you know it's not going to happen yeah and um, so they would try you know for Three or four or five hours, they would give up. I would do it one shot. Turn the key, done. Would, you know, we're out of there.
0: Yeah. And um, so they they could use me.
2: So although they credited me as stunt double, yeah, yeah, that was that was basically the producer's way of trying to cut me out of my full residuals.
1: Yeah, that was. I was going it to ask, because I was looking at the cast, and like they say, it obviously has Brad Dourif down as sort of like Charles Lee Ray slash Chucky, and it's his voice. And on yes. I, IMDb, I, I, it does, it has you under stunts, but, which I, th- I thought was unusual. I mean, Again, right. that was
2: their way um, of trying not to pay me for full residuals, but it didn't work because the, the contract they gave me said principal actor. Right. So they, they didn't put stunt double on the contract. And so they did it in the credits. You can't make them change twelve thousand copies. You know you can't. Yeah. They just they issue an apology and on, on record, I played Chucky. Um, uh, on 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 paper, uh, I mean on paper, I played Chucky. On on the film, I was just a mere stunt double. So that was a little derogative and yeah, a little yeah. bit of, caused a little bit of tension and Charles Play 2 caused even more tension, so I refused to do number three, and I went on and did some other films and stuff.
1: Okay. Uh, Just going back to Chuckie, one last thing. I heard a story, and I don't want to see if it's true, actually, that when... Um, I've got his name here now. Vincent Alex Vincent and the, the guy who played Andy Barclay Obviously, he was very young when he did it. Is it true that they introduced you um, and the director Tom Holland had was it like his two year old or three year old niece or something at one point run across and introduced him so he wouldn't be scared about being around Chucky? Is that true, or was it uh, was he okay?
2: Oh yeah, Alex's sister.
1: Yes, that's uh, right, Ashley. Yes.
2: Ashley, it was you know, I mean, it introduced me to her. As a person, yeah, and then introduced and then introduce Chucky, and um, you know she was so tiny, she actually fit the puppet's clothing,
1: <laughs> right.
2: And as an you know as a, a homage or something, I don't know the word. I wasn't there then. I had just gone home, and it would be too expensive to have for me to come back. Yeah. And to get the costume back on and do that. They threw her in the costume and she did the, the one quick running scene. Yes. Running behind Aunt Maggie in the living room. When she thought she heard something. And then she walked out of the kitchen and that led to that whole scenario. But she did one quick scene. Yeah. And it was cute. I don't think she was a... I'm not sure if they even were allowed to credit her because of her age. I think she was four or five. Yeah, yeah. But it was cute, so Alex got to have his sister in the movie too, you know.
1: Excellent. Yeah, and I was going to say, a big fan of the Charles Play films. Um, but I, I, did... I
2: was up until, you know, then they... they, they it was a political yeah. power play, and just... And the the script started going downhill, and the movies were... Just got worse and worse, and then... You know, I just stopped doing them. I did, I did um, one, two... And then I did The Bride, and right. that was it. The Seed of Chucky, I, the script was horrible. I wouldn't even consider it.
1: I, I've got to admit, I, it's funny you say that. Cause it, um, you know, the first one and the second one, I really like the, the, the first two. The third one is a little iffy. Um,
2: well, the third one, they didn't have me, so they yeah. couldn't move Chucky. They had to move the camera.
1: It feels it feels a lot more static in the film. It does feel a lot, yep. you know. The uh, Bride of Chucky, actually, I really enjoy. And I haven't
2: Well the bride they had to, they had to beg me and beg me and I kept saying no and they paid me more money than any actor should have been allowed <laughs> and I did it and they used the word midget again uh, like they did it like they did in the second one, which is the reason I didn't do the third. Right. And so I said, I'm done. I'm done with you people. Okay This is 19... Eight, 19 what was child's Bright Chucky,
1: 98. Of, yeah, Brother Chucky's
2: 1998. 98, 99, and yeah. I just said, We don't use the word midget.
1: You used it again. I, you know, someone. Th- I was done. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, I mean, it's going uh, for, Is it true? I mean, there's another one coming. I think there's another one apparently in the juice. Uh, because they did Curse of Chucky, which came out 2013, which is alright. I quite enjoyed it. But there's another one coming. A puppet,
2: and. and that, that one was sad because. Um, well, during The Bride of Chucky, um, the creator, Don Mancini, mm-hmm. came out of the closet, you know, being gay publicly, yeah. which is no big deal to me.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, But it seemed like he had to add a gay character in every part of the film. Yeah. And Hollywood Hollywood wasn't ready. And that's why you know Universal dropped the whole deal and they had to go with Rogue. Pictures who I've never heard of. Yeah, and um, they wouldn't. They couldn't get a box office. So in in the Bride of Chucky, you know the the, the gay teenager uh-huh. got hit by the bus, got splattered by the bus. Yes, yeah, yeah. Then in the Seat of Chucky, obviously the the the, the 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 child of Chucky, Chucky's son. Yeah, didn't know if he was gonna be Glenn or Glenda. Yeah, you yes. know he had that sexual identity crisis. Yeah, yeah. Then in the cur- in in the curse of Chucky, they had the lesbian kiss that went nowhere, came from nowhere.
1: Yes, just there. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, I think it felt like it was supposed to be a twist, but it didn't twist anywhere.
2: Right, and that's because he just, you know, and he just had to have a gay something. Yeah. So I don't know what the cult of Chucky's going to have. I know they only shot thirty days. I know they only um, extremely low budget, yeah, and that'll go straight to DVD as well. So yeah, but I've been retired. I've been retired since 2003. So um, my last film was the Polar Express, and then my last TV was 2008, 2009, Bones, and My Name Is Earl. Yeah. which I don't know shows that if you get over there or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Watch them both. Enjoy them both. Oh okay, yeah, yeah, brilliant. So you've had a really and varied then been, career then. I you mean, you've done because the other one I, I didn't really... I was just flicking through earlier on through your um, like resume, and you were you played. I'm assuming one of the uh, station in uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey.
2: Yes, if if so, you notice, there were two, and I was the shortest one. Right. I mean, no, even even among little people, I'm the shortest. something. Yeah. Something's wrong. Um, Arturo Gill at the other station and we had a really good time there although that was probably the heaviest and one of the most excruciating costumes I had to wear I can imagine but but it's um it's 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 I tell everybody it's a job you love to hate yeah and um after every film I call my agent I'm done I'll never do this again and as soon as the phone rings what what do they want? When do they want me? Where do they want me? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I'll be there in a minute, you yeah. know. And so it's it's you just get so physically exhausted and it just it takes its toll, you know.
1: Well, you know, I think I think getting on the... getting on the in, in the car or truck with your with your friend all those years ago and going to California, it paid off. I mean, your career seems really varied and impressive and you sound like you've you know enjoyed it and
2: oh yes no no i I would that's one of the reasons i stopped is i I started because i loved it and that was a point when they needed little people yeah and just by looking at my resume you know what i've done Mm -hmm. and who doesn't want to be needed
1: exactly and
2: then by the time i was getting tired of what i call the game yeah and, and the the BS and everything about the time I was getting tired of them they were getting tired of me yeah and so everything was computer generated so the work was was falling off anyway so it was a perfect marriage and a perfect divorce you know yeah and um, we parted ways I, I, I retired they you don't see little people as Christmas elves anymore You don't see little people as leprechauns anymore. No. It's always a big person shrunk down inside the camera, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, CGI, like my last film, Polar Express. Yes, yeah. You know, I did nothing in the film. And I was a pretty big character. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And now it's coming down to where you just need to show up for a day or two and they'll make.
1: An entire film out of you. Yeah, yeah. Like say it's that motion capture thing now as well, isn't it? Yes. Um, we all know, obviously, Marvel. There's, this one last thing then before we we will wrap up in a moment. But Marvel, obviously, taking off. Howard cameoed in a way at the end of the last um, Guardians of the Galaxy film. James Gunn has let his opinion of the first sure. Howard film be known. If, regardless of that, yeah, I know.
2: Bro, I, po- I posted that on my Facebook. I saw. I
1: saw. Her, I saw it a few times. I
2: said, you know, he, he directed Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever, and he hates the Howard the Duck movie. I just, I just did it for the irony. I didn't do it because
1: no, no. You know, I, I yeah, I saw it. I, I agree. But if Marvel was it's, like, it's, to... like, it's
2: like me. I absolutely hate. Well, I don't. I don't like to hate, but I, I absolutely dislike horror movies. I do not watch horror movies. Yeah. I, I, and yet I've done more horror movies than, you know, you Knox with you well, know, Chucky just... and Phantasm Two and Yeah, Friday the 13th and, you know, just Dolly Dearest, you name it. I've done so many horror films, and I have all these horror fans, and I'm just like, eh. Yeah. Are you going to watch the next Saw? Yeah.
1: God,
2: no, I didn't watch the first
1: one. <laughs> it's the genre, genre that persists, Sammy, I'm telling you. My mother it's the... died. That's it. It's the genre that persists. It never. They've got some big, big, passionate fans in that in that genre. Um, but if they were to do a Howard the Duck film, would you be up for a cameo? No. No.
2: No. Um, I have restrictive lung disease, and I'm on oxygen all the time, and um, I'm on a lot of medication, uh, sixteen pills a day, and they caused me to gain a lot of weight
0: yeah
2: and so Howard would have to be in a nursing home
0: okay.
2: and um, or in a wheelchair and I could probably do it but um, I think it, it would be funny yeah, yeah if I as myself you know as Ed Gale
1: yeah that, that's what was, I mean I'd love to see that like, like you know ba- Stan Lee you know, was maybe, in the
2: back was in the background
1: that's it maybe Stan Lee wheeling you across in a wheelchair
2: yes You know, and just just being in a set, you know, being in one of the scenes for no reason, you know, and then and then you know Howard walks by and say, you know, you know, you know, what's what's a midget doing here or whatever? Yeah, and I'd be like, you know, fuck you. Last time (laughs) we did this movie, you know, they used a real duck. Okay, yeah, just something, just something where the only people who would know are the people who know.
1: Yes. No, it that would, would be, be fun. Great. That would be
2: really but good in, fun. In, in in this country, I don't know about the UK, but I'm on disability, which is a government program for those who cannot work.
0: Yes, so yeah, the same thing. yeah.
2: So if I if I did the cameo, they're like, you can work.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. And they
2: would take my benefits away. So okay, you know, yeah. I'm, 50, I'm fifty-four years old. I'm. It's a kid's game. You know, That's it's a it. younger. It's a younger people's game to do the. Physical costumes
1: and such. That's it, and I think everything you've done, you've 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 earned that retirement most definitely.
2: Thank you.
1: Um, I I hope I hope I did. You know. No, no it's brilliant, and uh, thank you, thank you for taking the time out on your Sunday. So, really appreciate it.
2: Oh, thank you. What time is it for you?
1: Uh, just coming up to quarter to eight in the evening. Oh no. No, nah, it's to ordered, at all.
2: not too bad at all.
1: Noon here. Yeah. Yeah, well,
2: so not bad. Eight PM, okay.
1: Yeah, that's good. So Ed, it's been it's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, have a great Sunday afternoon. And, thank uh,
2: you, and I, I hope all your fans over there, uh, your show grows. It's a wonderful show you've got. Thank you. And um, send them over to my Facebook, and um, I do a video every Sunday.
1: I will do I'll send them your way and if you get a chance to email Tim Rose I will definitely try and reach out to him
2: do that and send me another email to remind me I will do part of the oxygen deprivation is horrible memory now
1: okay
2: and I will hang up this phone and forget it
1: okay I will drop you a mail I'll forget
2: your name yeah (laughs) (laughs) I still want to call you Clifford but never mind yeah Um, (laughs) okay kiddo thank
1: you thank you mate appreciate it All right, guys, and there we go. The interview with Ed Gale. Uh, it's, like I say, it's several years old. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and, uh, but it still holds up, and I think it's worth taking note um, because actors uh, like Ed don't get the credit. You know, No one seems to think about who's in the suit, really. I mean, we get, probably give it more credit today since uh, people Anti-Circus have brought sort of a bit more of that sort of physicality out into the fore and it's recognised more, but it's a shame he gets missed out. So I'm glad to give Ed some time... Uh, recognition if you will anyway ladies and gentlemen if you've enjoyed this show please uh, leave a review go leave a four star five star review wherever you want to leave on your podcast catch or whatever you're using right now Uh, but more than that go check out our patreon help us keep the lights on and keep our producer at bay Uh, go check out our patreon we do a number of things i do a 30 minute thoughts every month i do a recording with my thoughts on several topics uh, me and Julian also go and do trekking through the Twilight Zone, which you are getting the sort of the first episodes of. But we're well into season three. There are three seasons worth of episodes on Patreon of us talking through those. And there's also Creator corner and other behind the scenes stuff. So it's not it's not expensive. It's only a couple of quid, a couple of pound, and you're helping us a great deal. Helps us keep uh, paying for things. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed this, and uh, hope you're enjoying this season. We've got plenty more to do, so we'll talk again soon.
2: There's something very important I forgot to tell you.
0: What? Don't cross the streams.